Grab your favorite superheroes and throw them out the window, because today we're going to list this. What's up, everybody, and welcome to List This, where we list and you listen. As always, I'm Josh, and I'm joined by... Cameron. And Jim. And today we're going to be listing top five sidekicks. So forget about your heroes. We're yeah. going to the... Uh, Still trying to process that introduction. The <laughs> secondary uh, thing. If you can throw heroes out the window, why wouldn't you? <laughs> anyway, we're yeah. doing sidekicks from pretty much anything. We decided not to focus on a particular medium. That's so all I said heroes, not superheroes. That's in all true. fairness. Right, yeah. Yeah. Does that mean you can't use villain sidekicks, though? We you actually talked about that. that. I don't know if any of those are going to appear. So we no, actually, please. when we decided this, we just decided sidekicks, and I think we all kind of just assumed, like, yeah. sidekicks from anything. So. Uh, yeah. Normally, normally we record really early in the morning when we're, like, half awake, and we're recording late at night <laughs> when we're, we're half like, asleep. <laughs> really delirious, so yeah. this is going to be fun. <laughs> Let's jump into number five. Jim, you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, I'll start it off. Um, I'm going to start it off with um, a classic duo. It's got to be, this one has to be a duo. There's not one without the other. So excuse me for this one, but Timon and Pumbaa is going to be my number five pick. As like sidekicks, obviously, for Simba. If you had to pick one. You hit Dang, me with that in dude. one episode. I did. I don't I did. know if you can separate Dude, Pumbaa. That's I'd probably okay. take Pumbaa. He's really? just like the lovable oaf, I think. Yeah, that's, that's the one that I would take. Smart one, though. Okay. Fart jokes. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, so Timon and Pumbaa, they're just really, I mean, like they're like the pivotal points of like, I feel like the movie as well, because they're the one that like kind of re, like reshape how he is. And then obviously not, not quite a pivotal point. That was like not the right word, but... Um, they're they're massive influence, and I think a positive influence like that is what really makes a really good sidekick. Um, plus, they're just really funny. So, like, not only are they sidekicks, but they're the comic reliefs of the movie as well. Cool. I like Lion King, and I like Timon and Pumbaa. You said um, that like someone who did not hear a single <laughs> yeah. word he just said. Yeah. You're like, I've like, seen that movie. Yeah, Lion King. <gasps> yes. Yeah, that's the one with lions, that's right? That's from Lion, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one they just remade with all the weird live action. Yeah, animals, the live right? action one, right? Yeah. yeah, where they actually Cameron will argue yeah. that is not live action. It's it's, it's not. There's nothing know, live there's action nothing to argue. about yeah. the film. I mean, it's just like, very you know what, high quality. But you know what is in that movie, though? Timon and Pumbaa, which is my number five pick. Yeah, but you, they're like, it's weird seeing Pumbaa as like a live warthog. It is kind of weird. It's but weird. It's, I mean, it's it funny, it's funny I like that you it. mentioned that they're in the live action, though, because it, they're the comedy section, right? And the live-action Lion King is listed on the top ten worst comedy films right now. Oh, no. So, Interesting. Which is an unfortunate yeah. circumstance to be in for a movie that like has a ton of comedy in it. Yeah. Or you would think. Yeah. I haven't seen it, though. I haven't either. But I love Timon and Pumbaa. Yes. They're great. Timon they had their own show, movie. too, for a little while. They did, because they, they, like, they also had their own movie, which was like the Lion King like one and a half or something like yeah. that, where it was yep. like the in-between one. It was yeah. focusing more on them. And they're doing a, um, oh, what is that? What is that called? I can't remember what the show's called, but like where they sit as an audience and they're like, they're like oh, ripping on the film. Oh, oh, that's like what they do in one of the tracks. They do riff yeah, tracks. Riff tracks. Yeah. And um, Mystery Science Theater. Yes, Mystery yeah. Science Theater. That's the one I couldn't think of. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're a great duo. So I think I mean I think that was like the best way. Like I said, it had to be a duo. I mean, you can't like that's the only one that I'm probably gonna have. Way to start but, us off breaking the rules. Ooh. <laughs> so just do wait it. till the rest of my list. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, so 
moving in then to my number five here. Um, I've got Watson from Sherlock Holmes. Um, he's great in all different like various forms. For me, though, it's mostly the Sh- the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. I was gonna say Jude those, Law. Yeah, those yeah. are that, those are the movies that I love. That's the version of Sherlock Holmes that I love the most. I think honestly, and Jude Law's version of Watson, just perfect. He he doesn't. I don't think any other Watsons dealt with like such a ridiculously like narcissistic human being because Robert Downey Jr.'s like his Sherlock Holmes just starts the film by just ignoring everybody. He's like fired off a gun in this house and he's just ignoring everybody who's talking to him and he's in his own head. And yeah. Watson puts up with this, introduces him to his fiance, all these different things, and treats him like he's family. And I, I just he's he's like the best sidekick. He loves him no matter what. Even yeah. though he's like the hardest person to love. And that's What's funny is I acted a scene from Sherlock Holmes, like the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock's home in an acting class for school. I was there. And I've never actually seen the movies. You still haven't seen them? Really? Seen the Those movies. ones are actually really good. I think oh. like the portrayals in that movie were all like fantastic. But anyways, the, yeah. I was, the research that I was doing, Watson showed up on a lot of worst sidekick lists. <laughs> so <laughs> I, actually I thought that it. was funny that he made I your actually top I really get any. I will say Watson is useless, which is why I like the Jude Law version. Mm-hmm. Watson is usually, to me, he seems kind of useless. He's there to follow. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what he does. But... I like the Jude Law Watson because he's there as like a psychological aspect for Sherlock Holmes. He's keeping him grounded because without him, he's going to go completely off the rails. Without him, we wouldn't have a Sherlock Holmes movie because there's nothing to investigate because he's not focused enough to do it. Yeah. So kudos yeah. to whoever wrote that and made Watson that yeah. like more dynamic, I guess, character. Yeah. I do, I do really like that. I mean, it's also a Guy Ritchie film, which is why I'm surprised oh, really? you haven't okay. seen it. Yeah, yeah. But... And also, they're doing a third one supposedly now. So finally, are going to get another film, okay. which I'm really excited about. With uh, RDJ. Yeah, with RDJ, yeah, Jude Law, and supposedly Guy Ritchie. Hopefully, nice. so that would be cool. great. I think that would be a fantastic trilogy. They really would. Have. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so my number five, I'm going to kick it back to the '90s, Ooh. and I'm going to go with Garth Algar from Wayne's World. I actually took him off of my list. I had him on there for a little bit. So party yes. on Garth. I love it. Um. I don't, I mean, there's no other reason I put him on my list other than he's just fun. He's, he's just great. fun to watch. It's uh, it's Dana Carvey. Uh, Dana Carvey was always great in the Saturday Night Live skits. And then, you know, uh, Wayne and Garth just took off. I think it originated on Saturday Night Live. I was going to say it was a skit originally, yeah. and then they and, took uh, it into a movie. And just for him to stick with it, and he was great. I'm referencing, I think, mainly the first movie, yeah. when they're yeah. like in the basement, and then they get the TV deal and all that stuff. And it's just incredible. He like falls in love, and he's really awkward, and he's like, he's kind of like me. I can't. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he's just like, like really, again. really awkward, and just kind of dumb and clumsy. <laughs> he makes such a lasting impression because I can imagine like hit like the, his lips curling back into his teeth, like that he does like all the time, and like you know that like I don't know, just like the way he sounds, like it's just like it's such a like vivid yep. like you know, and it's just he's so funny. I think he's part of the reason why I enjoy that movie and, and that mm. like with Mike Myers yeah. as like yep. uh, I, I, I honestly think I enjoy 
Garth more than I do Wayne. I do like too. In the movies. I do too. But like they're yeah. they're a great dynamic duo. They as are. Well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Dana Carvey's just more fun to watch yeah. than Mike Myers is. I like Mike Myers. I like too, old yeah. Mike Myers, but I like Austin Powers Mike Myers. I do too. Yeah, I also love Cat in the Hat Mike Myers though. <laughs> I, I rewatched the movie recently and he's he's still great. But Dana Carvey is amazing. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's just great. He was just like, I think. Yeah. Slightly before, because like Mike Myers, like kind of took off. I think yeah. a little bit more after that, where I think well, Dana Carvey was. Kinda... Mike Myers, I think, took off more in Saturday Night Live, where he did a lot more uh, popular skits and stuff. Yeah. And Dana yeah. Carvey was like the the church lady and guard, yeah, more like the classic, and, yeah. like you know, you yeah. recognize that character. Yeah. He was also much more in the comedy scene as like a comedian, though. Yeah, like you know, so Dana Carvey was much more of a comedian. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. Guard. Well, solid first party round. On, party on. To so I'm going to party on over to uh, Jim's number four and steal that from him. <laughs> As he's saying As I like, said it. Oh, my God. I, okay, anyways. Worst um, sidekick ever. <laughs> number four. Um, cool. My number four, I'm going to go into the video game world a little bit with mine with Clank from Ratchet and Clank. Um, I really enjoyed playing that game as a kid. Uh, Clank was always kind of one of those... He was kind of funny in a way because he was always so technical, so serious, and so like, I don't know, it's, it's weird to describe, but he was like, in terms of being a sidekick, he was, you know, he had his moments every so often, but yeah. like, if it wasn't for him, Ratchet wouldn't have been able to do all the stuff he did. Yeah. Like, you know, he was a helicopter on his back, you know, he provided, like, you know. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like the Banjo and Kazooie style Yeah, that's duo. exactly what you it is. You need him, otherwise you don't have the same type of adventure. Yeah, yeah, but it's also what you would think when you think of Sidekick. Like, there is no Ratchet without Clank. Yeah. Like, there's no, you know, there's no Banjo without Kazooie, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It's And that's, like, exactly what a what a sidekick is to me. Yeah, well. and it, you know they're a good sidekick when they are mentioned in the title, too. It's yes. Ratchet and Clank. It's not Ratchet. Yeah, and then Clank the title is... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Just Ratchet? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean... like and sometimes Clank. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows up whenever he wants. Just like, hey, I'm Clank. Like, hey, I'm here, too. Yeah, yeah. okay. We'll helicopter every so often on your back. <laughs> Um, I don't I wish I didn't say that, but I still don't think I've played the Ratchet and Clank game. Wait, was that the game that was based off the movie? Based so off the that game? was okay. All right, so that was the most recent one. Yeah, there okay. was like three or four before so that, I, and they made the movie. I played like a part of that game, but I never played like the original games or anything. Yeah, I've only played one of the original games, but I mean it's an enjoyable game. It's, mm. They're fun. It's a fun yeah. series. Yeah, so. I think because um, I think that one came up in my platformer. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I was able to talk about it. Uh, I'm gonna move us into like the comic book section of things, and I didn't actually completely figure out that I put her on here. <laughs> uh, but we talked about villains possibly showing up. I've got Harley Quinn Surprise. on mine. Um, Harley there's Quinn, Batman. yeah. There's, there, there's, yeah. there's always a Batman reference. <laughs> Though sometimes you guys make it. Not I, know. Me. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. Right. Pretty much like ninety percent of the time we make it. <laughs> you guys are like, he's gonna make one, and that's when it pops up. Yeah. But. Harley Quinn is a great sidekick in the way that she is the muscle for Joker. She okay. is just yeah. 100% yeah. the muscle. Even though he's the brains and he has all these plans, she's willing to throw herself, I mean, like to death for him. Like, I mean, she'll do anything for him. And that goes into some bad situations where she takes like abuse and things like that. But in terms of just being like a like tentative sidekick, she is very, very good at helping out Joker. 
in everything that he wants to do. Uh, yeah, I really like Harley Quinn, and I think that's a great choice for a sidekick. It's a, it's an interesting choice for a sidekick because you don't really think of her as a sidekick. No, yeah. especially she when she is a sidekick. Like she's an evil sidekick. But she's a sidekick, yeah. and it's less so because she was. I mean, like less so think of it as like a sidekick as well because she was also forced into that situation in a sense. Kind like, of, like kind of, but she was like manipulated by him, you know. Into see, there's actually a funny thing though where they've talked about it recently, more and more in the comics. They go into like the psychology of what she is because she started in a kids show, so they never went right. fully into yeah. that like abuse psychology. And then when they brought her in the comics, they did it better. Um, but they talk about the fact that she knows completely like all of her choices. So she's actually technically not psychotic because okay. she's doing everything intentionally. Mm-hmm. She knows what she's what she did. They they very much talk about her being a psychologist. She still knows all the information. So it's not like she fell down this well like it originally seemed. She actually chose to be less boring. Is basically what it is. It was someone who was bored with life. So she chose this murderous rampage, I guess, and, technically. Yeah, it went off her rocker as well. But Okay. Hey. See, and that's the kind of stuff that I don't know. But I mean she's become a really interesting character over the years. Yeah. She's definitely an interesting sidekick because she also knows when I think this is important for sidekicks sometimes. She knows when Joker goes too far, too. And there's been yeah. moments where she'll turn against him in those moments mm-hmm. where he's just taken it way too far. Yeah. And I think that's also important. Again, keeping your hero, your grounded. mentor grounded. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Nice. So moving on to my number four, I'm going to kick it back to TV. Uh, and I'm going to go with Ethel Mertz from I Love Lucy. Hmm. Um, played by Vivian Vance. Ethel Mertz was the, uh, she was the landlady that right. owned the, that yeah. they rented okay. the apartment from or whatever. But she was also Lucy's sidekick. And it was really fun to watch them kind of get into their shenanigans or better yet, Lucy to get into her shenanigans and kind of drag Ethel with her. Yeah. And Ethel was kind of the one that got her out of her predicaments most of the, most of the time. And I just thought that was really fun. Uh, I remember watching I Love Lucy when I was overseas, uh, and it was it was a blast. I didn't expect to enjoy a show from the 50s as much as I did when I started watching I Love Lucy. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with... I'm no of the show, okay. never really watched it. I did see her pop up on a few lists when I was looking up, Yeah, you know, some sidekick lists, but... Yeah, I... I've watched the show before. My family's really big into it, um, so I, I've seen quite a few episodes of it. I know a little bit about Lucy herself, like mm-hmm. Lucille Ball, but um, but the show itself, I don't remember a lot. I don't remember a lot about Ethel, mm-hmm. and I think that's. I remember her being there. Yeah, that's like she could yeah. just be like a statue in the room for me. That's all I can really remember her as. Is she's always there. I mean. That's really the reason that I put her on my list. I don't know like intricate details about like where she was born, like all that stuff, or I just you don't know, know her life story. You mean? Is I that just what you're know. To I mean, I can Why look it up, but um, I just think that I don't know. A good sidekick sticks with you, like you said, kind of through thick and thin. Yeah. And Ethel was always there, right next to Lucy, like no matter what kind of crap she got into. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where it's like, well. We're in this together, so we might as well figure out how to get out of it. And I think that that makes a great sidekick. Yeah. So. To me, that's like if Harley Quinn had a sidekick herself. 
Like you have like Lucy who's nuts and insane and does whatever <laughs> she, she wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have that person that's just like, I guess I'm gonna go with you so that you that's don't a, get more. I was gonna say it almost yeah. sounds like another kind of theme that we have like rolling in here where it's like keeping the main character grounded as well because they're the ones yeah. that are getting into the stuff. Yeah. And you know, so I just wanna see an episode where she's like, You got into this crazy stuff, I got you out, where's my rent money? <laughs> She's like, Ethel. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, so I love Lucy. I also love Lucy. It's was... a good show. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Interesting. Like I said, I saw that one pop up, mm. but never really had too much of a connection with it. Um, well, now you have a stronger connection. I do. I do. Number three. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... After that awkward, um, to my number three... Pick at this point? Yeah, number three. Yeah, wow. Um, with Chewbacca. That's my number three pick. I kind of wanted him like right in the middle of the ground. Okay. Anyways, too, because I think he's a good sidekick. Um, I don't know if he's a great sidekick. It's another one of those where he's like with Han Solo like through everything. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I definitely think there are better sidekicks out there. I mean, he's also a sidekick to Yoda in episode three when they're on Kashyyyk. That's fair. He's running around helping him, you know, doing yeah. whatever. Yeah, but, and I think he's... Like, I mean, he's a great companion to have with you in that kind of, like, in, I guess in those kind of situations, yeah. but... One thing that ruined, actually, Han Solo and Chewbacca for me, because I always loved them as a duo, but one thing that ruined that was recently when they came out with the Solo movie. I haven't seen it. So, I don't I consider just, that part of the... But they do, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the problem with Solo is they play, like, you originally think, like, these two have known each other for a long time, like, they're yeah. good friends. No, they meet, like, shortly before he meets Luke. So they barely know each other because of the way Solo played everything out. Maybe they just hit it off. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, but you don't have... Even if you hit it <laughs> when off with a friend... When you watch the movies, you don't get that. No, like, they have like, like years, years of Like I always yeah. thought... like For one, I always thought Han Solo is way older than Luke. That's not how they play it in Solo. And for two, I also thought that like after episode three, Chewbacca leaves Kashi because of like the ruins and stuff, and then goes to find like something else to do. Yeah. And he finds Han Solo, and I always imagine that there's years of exploration with them, but there's not. It's like the next no. day. It's like, it's oh like, hey, yeah. It's I mean it's like they just they meet each other, and I mean I'm assuming the Christmas special happens sometime afterwards. Oh lord. Which you know Chewbacca got a starring role in. <laughs> <laughs> But I just solo for me is one of those things. I was unfortunate to so, like change the story. What I they need like. to do is they need to just days of future past it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they would love back to do that right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also enjoy the fact that like he's the muscle, essentially oh, yeah. of the two. Like you know, I mean, I mean, Hansel can like you know hold his own as well. But like, if you really need that hard hit, or if you need like you know, then like Chewbacca is the one. You know, the one to go with, and I mean, he was there with, you know, he was there with him till the end, and he hurt the most. You know, after the he's also kind of like a like tough dog too, like someone's dog. Because at first he's very rude to everybody, and then he like warms up to everyone, but then he's rude to anyone he doesn't know. Like he always has to warm up to like new house guests, basically. (laughs) I also love the idea in like we see it in like the um, the original, you know, six, seven, and eight, or uh, four, five, and six. Yeah, four, five, and six. I do the same thing. I do, yeah. Um, With uh, C-3PO. Yeah. Where he becomes kind of, yeah. like, somewhat of a sidekick to C-3PO. When he's, when he's like, around. around. Yeah, yeah dude. Like, <laughs> a disassembled C-3PO who has no idea what's going on. I, like, will, yeah. I will say the one adventure I've actually always wanted to see, more than I ever wanted to see Solo and Chewbacca's adventures, I want to see him adventure with um, 
Lando Calrissian because their interactions in the original trilogy mm-hmm. is, is like some of the best is like Star Wars had to offer. Yeah, it's just great comedy. They they have like a love hate relationship with each other. Yeah, where they like tolerate each other. Yeah, it's almost exactly. like they tolerate each yeah. other, and I love that kind of stuff. And like to see that kind of stuff in films. Yeah. Chewbacca's so. like Groot in the sense that like he doesn't talk; you just have to interpret like whatever he says. Well, he well does Han speak, he just doesn't speak English. Yeah, it's like well, Solo knows what yeah. he's saying right. most of the time, right? Which is also weird since they barely know each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's another conversation for later. But it's just like the same with like Rocket and Groot, where Rocket knows what Groot's saying. Who you was, know, yeah. so, who but. was the Solo director? Was it Ryan Johnson? Uh, okay, so here's a funny thing. Solo director was the director, or was uh, oh, the two directors the from Ron Howard Jump Street, and then Disney. Disney brought in Ron Howard and reshot basically the whole thing. Yeah, and it yeah. turned out, I mean, it was garbage. It was not. I tried to get through it. I couldn't. It's just not fun. It's not enjoyable. Solo gets his name in a terribly ridiculous way. His name's not actually I on Solo, by the way. Yeah, that's. It, this just solidified the fact that I'm not going to watch it. You shouldn't watch it. Don't watch it. Just no. pretend like it doesn't exist. I do but, already. <laughs> all right. All right. Anyways, moving. Chewbacca. Good, good choice. Yeah. Chewbacca's good though. I've always just wanted to hug him. There was another list that I saw I that I'm starting to think was like a troll list where Chewbacca was also on like the worst sidekicks thing. I'm starting to think that list was a troll list. I did I'm see that as that well because like, yeah. it was the yeah. first one that came up, right? Yeah. I think I know which list you're talking about yeah. too. Yeah. I did read through it and his reasons were stupid. Yeah. yeah. They were very cynical. <laughs> it's like, I hate this because of this. Like, okay, guy. All right. All right, Cameron. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my number three here. Uh, I'm going to go... So this one is, I'm going back into the movie route, and I'm going to go um, with Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies. I thought about that one as well. So I really, really love Abe. He's a sidekick in the way that, like, he has a good relationship with Hellboy, but he's mostly focused on what they are trying to do. So instead of these other ones where they, like, lead the person, like, where Sherlock Holmes is led to where he needs to go so that he can figure it all out, Abe Sapien kind of figures it all out. He's the really intelligent one, but he's not, like, he's just pure brains. He's not really much for bronze or anything no. like that. No, because that's where Hellboy comes in. Right, that's, that's where that's Hellboy comes in. Yeah. So it's weird because Hellboy is kind of like the sidekick, like, personality, but he's actually the main character, whereas mm-hmm. you have Abe, who's the smarter one, but has to take kind of that backseat role. Yeah. But I, I just really love him because, for one, he's really interesting. He's got a lot of, like, charismatic charm to him. And he's also, he's very educated on like a lot of his surroundings even though he never really leaves his fish tank yeah. either but I just think he's a really fun character he's really interesting I like I like his character design just in general like visually he's just an awesome looking character no, he is yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a really really cool character yeah. and I like what they did in the comics with him I Hellboy is one of the few things where I think the movie is better than the books I, yeah, that's um, what you were saying. Yeah, it yeah. has it has more life to it. It has more personality, and I think Abe's just another piece of that personality. Mm-hmm. He's also played by the incredible Doug yes, Jones. Yes, that was I, I, every Doug time Jones. I talk about Abe Sapien and any of that, Doug Jones is obviously like the think one that comes up. This is also like the third list that Hellboy has made it on too, and yeah. he'll make it on more. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. We yeah. like we thoroughly. I think I'll thoroughly enjoy mm-hmm. like the uh, the Del Toro yeah. ones. Yeah. I still haven't seen like the new David Harbor one, and I've heard like mixed reviews about it. But that's yeah. a conversation for later. Right. You should shelve that and Solo. Yeah. <laughs> just, just not plan on watching those. 
I might watch it one drunken evening. <laughs> we could do a watch party on Facebook. Like we could for Hellboy and just destroy yeah. it. Yeah, yep, you and all the look. reasons why it's why they should have given that money to Guillermo del Toro to make the third one. Yeah, but just watch how bitter we are. I, I will. <laughs> I will end this this pick on one note, which is I found out too much to like my heartbreak that Guillermo del Toro actually wanted to do the third movie as a comic instead. But Mike McNola said right, no. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I he saw said that. no to him. Hmm. So we could have gotten the ending at least in a in like some a type of medium. Yeah. Yeah. And it was shut down by the creator of Hellboy because they've had extreme differences in the past over how Del Toro treated his property. Um, so This is way tangent. It has nothing to do with Hellboy. But do you, are you familiar with the show Jericho? That was on TV about the apocalypse and all that stuff. I've heard it of this. It's, yeah. it's about a town named Jericho. They did that same thing where it was like a show, and then it got canceled halfway through one of the seasons, and they finished it as a comic book. And I thought that was a really interesting way to go they about it. They did it with that. Firefly, too. Yeah. Really? I mean, they canceled Firefly, and then they finished it with Serenity. Yeah. That's such an interesting way to go they, about they it. They do though. that a lot. I mean, even Smallville, um, back in the day, when they, they ended that show where they wanted to, and they still continued it oh, with really? um, a comic book series. They, they ran for a couple years mm. on that. Yeah. Uh, nice. Awesome. Abe Sapien. Uh, my number three is going to be... Doesn't need any introduction. Uh, it's going to be Robin from Batman. Which? Ah, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> I know it was. That's the I important question there. So if I had to choose from like a sidekick's point of view, I'd have to go with Damien. Because okay. he's he hasn't left Batman's side permanently yet. Um, he almost did. And... But. And the fact that he like he tends to keep Batman on his toes, I feel like more so than the other ones, just because he has that other aspect of being his son. He has that whole other like responsibility of he is my offspring. I have to keep him alive, not just he is my partner. So I think if I had to choose one, it would be it would be Damien. Plus he's just a little shit. I, I love he him. <laughs> no, I, I do love. Damien, he's he is really really great. He he's out there because he wasn't trained by Bruce like the yeah. other Robins were. He wasn't yeah. trained to have some kind of integrity. He was trained to he was trained to kill murder people with a yeah. sword and move on with his life. There there was nothing really to worry about until he met Bruce. I do think it's interesting though because he actually wouldn't have the relationship with Batman like with Bruce's Batman that he does unless Bruce had disappeared for the time that he did. So in the comics... Is that um, when he got broke his back or whatever? So, no, it's, it's okay. after that. Uh, Bruce disappears, and because of this, uh, Dick Grayson, who's the original Robin, he had to take over for Bruce. He had to play the role of okay. Bruce Wayne yeah. and Batman, so that Bruce Wayne faked his own death? Uh, Bruce kind of faked his own death. I think they did that death. in one of the movies. Uh, I watched it recently. I think it's... It's it's one of the so it's based in a series called it's just Batman versus Robin or something like that. But it, because of that, Damian Wayne grows close to like he's taught how to work with a mentor. Gotcha. So then when Bruce steps back in, it's actually still a little tumultuous at first, but then he finally comes in. Yeah, at least, yeah. yeah. But he's important because he's actually Bruce Wayne's son. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. It gives it that other aspect of. I don't. I have to look out for you because you're my partner, but because you're my son. Yeah. So, I like that. Any, anything? No. Sweet. I like Robin. <laughs> Which? <She's> like, <laughs> Jim's like, yes, Robin is a sidekick. <laughs> he wears red. <laughs> I will say, red Robin. Damien has the best pets because he has Bat Cow, and oh, Bat Cow God. is a great pet. Oh, he saves him from a meat. 
like packing facility and then keeps him. And that's <laughs> oh man, sweet, that's funny. <laughs> uh, well, before we move on, what do you? What would your choice be? Yeah, just this just quickly. A, a good if you one had to, to choose see. a Robin, there's like eight Robins. If you had to choose a Robin. <laughs> With that being, he I'm also means you, you guys, the listeners, as well. Let us know. Oh, well, that let's I was put, asking. Let's oh, yeah, no. put up a poll. No, no, no. Okay. no I'm but I was asking you specifically. I would go with Grayson. Okay. Okay. I figured. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, I don't really know, man. I don't. I'm not really super familiar with the, like all the different, Fair. all the different Robins. To be completely honest, Jim actually said Grayson. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I no, there, Grayson yeah. is a good choice. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll say Dick Grayson now, and you can go yeah. back and edit. There's my, always the Lego like, movie Robin. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. let's. So. Um, no, no. Right. I don't know. I've never yeah, seen we'll, those ones either. So we'll, I mean, we'll put up, I just from what I can see, it was annoying. We'll put up a poll on uh, our Twitter at List This Podcast, and you yeah. can tell us which Robin you like the most. We'll put up the four main. Robins. Yeah, the four. There, main, there's yeah. four mains. Yeah. And, yeah. Number two. Moving on to my number two now. Um, Sticking with the nerd movie theme of Samwise Gamgee from The Lord of the Rings. Um, the reason why I put him so high on my list is because I don't think Frodo would have been as successful without Sam. <laughs> Sam was really the one that like carried Frodo through. Literally? Yeah, literally <laughs> yeah. carried Frodo through the adventure. And I think if it wasn't for... Like Frodo and his connection with the ring, um, Sam probably would have been the one to like eventually end it all. But uh, you know, <laughs> that's a conversation for later. Samwise, like I said, he was just he was just really the rock that you know held Frodo held Frodo down. Otherwise, he would have lost his mind and turned into another. Um, turned into another. Uh, what's his name? What do you think Samwise would have done had he not gone on the adventure? <laughs> just like. <laughs> I mean, he probably just lived a happy life. Probably, he probably sat down and had some tea. Not had to worry about yeah. anything. Oh, I, just, I forgot that. Yeah, this is another example of someone who literally got dragged into this. Like he, you know, didn't want to be there from the start, yeah. and he didn't want to be there at the end either. But he had probably to be. would have had a happier life. Yeah. <laughs> so every step of the way, he expressed how unhappy he was yeah. with it. But I mean, you know, he kept Frodo. He kept Frodo grounded as well. That's, I, yeah. that's friendship. I think he's kind of there as like that audience perspective. Every now and then the sidekicks are there to be the audience too. And he's there to, to you know say sometimes this is ridiculous and we shouldn't be here. And why are we here? <laughs> and why would you do this instead of that? Yeah. And that's that's where the fun comes in for the character. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, they're like looking at it from more of like a more realist like expectation yeah. and a more realist like um, viewpoint. Uh, what was his name in uh, Stranger Things? What was his character's name? Oh man, I was just watching that too. Cool. I don't remember. No one knows. Uh, Rudy. No, Rudy. <laughs> well, I was oh, so God. so I was going there. So it was Bob. So yeah, Bob, Bob in uh, Stranger Things. But I saw this picture that said like. Uh, a hero for all generations, and it was like Rudy, Samwise, and then Bob. He was also, oh god, he played in something else too. Where um, I just thought that was awesome. Sean Astin is a really good actor, and I really enjoyed watching him as. Uh, oh, he's in the Goonies. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the other one. It was the Goonies. That's right. So yeah. there you go. And it he was literally Fifty First Dates as the yeah. the macho testosterone. Yeah, guy. yeah. Name, that's yeah. that's the the famous like meme. Yeah. Like goes around, yeah. So, but yeah, Samwise. Samwise Gamgee. 
That's a wise choice. Yeah. Moving in to my number two from Bad Jokes. <laughs> Cameron hates me. Uh, bad Jokes podcast. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go into like the animated film like realm again. We okay. already went with Disney. I'm going to go back uh, to Ooh. Aladdin. And I'm going to go with Genie. I love nice. Genie. So Robin Williams she made me sad. specific. <laughs> I know. That's the thing is it makes me sad and makes me happy to think about it at the same time. It's... It's there's so many things about the character. It's just mostly though the way he's played specifically by Robin Williams yeah. and how improvised everything was. I mean, so improvised that they couldn't be put up for an Oscar because the script was improvised by the genie. And oh, really? He's a huge part of the film, and I, I just think that Robin Williams adds so much light and character to it. Yes. It could have easily just kind of fallen, you know, like kind of fallen away from audiences, mm-hmm. and it. I think without Genie, the story isn't held together as well. It's just another action adventure that we've all seen. Yeah. So I, I just think he's such a lovable character. I also don't think that movie would be as loved no. as it is like without Genie, yeah. but without that iteration of Genie. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear that Will Smith did a pretty good job. I did hear that too. He did do a good job. Him. No, he did. He they. You know, and Guy Ritchie did a good job of taking Genie from the original film. Is that also a Guy Ritchie movie? That is also a Guy Ritchie wow. movie. Wow. Yeah, you haven't seen a lot of Guy Ritchie I'm movies. I'm missing a lot of yeah. Guy Ritchie, yeah. But he did a good job of taking the original Genie and homaging a ton of the stuff that Robin Williams did oh, and even copying it. some of it, but without tearing it apart and without trying to be better than what yeah. Robin Williams So, actually, one of the things that I saw Will Smith post up on one of his social media accounts is the fact that he referenced the fact that, like, because people were hounding on him so hard for this Genie role, he was like, yeah. guys... I understand what you guys like about the old genie mm. and you guys also have to understand that I have big shoes to fill and I yeah. am doing my best and I'm doing a role that I, you know, enjoy doing and for a man that I like enjoyed, you know. Yeah, and I, I think that something movie, along those lines. I think that movie is extremely respectful mm. of what the you know, the late great Robin Williams did yeah. with that film. And he did it again in the third film too. Mm. The second film he didn't do because he had a dispute with Disney. Um, there but three? there's three films. Yeah, there's three. <laughs> so there's Return of Jafar. If anyone wants to Wasn't not that watch the that, one? that's the second one. Okay. The third one is The King of Thieves, which is actually my favorite okay. one. Um, but that's the one where it also has Sean Connery in it, and you've, it's Aladdin's dad, and like all okay. these different things. Interesting. But Robin Williams comes back, and he does a great job. And the funny thing about that one is they had actually recorded all of Genie's lines with um, the guy who plays Homer Simpson. I can't think of his name. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't I'm think sure. of his name. But they he did he did Genie in the second film. No, uh, no mm-hmm. it's Dan Castellaneta. Oh, there we go. Dan right. Castellaneta. Uh, yeah. But he he had already recorded all the lines. But he did all the lines for the second film as well. And he does a great impersonation of Robin Williams' voice. But, but he doesn't Robin have the charisma, and you can yeah. feel that it's missing. Yeah. You can feel that it's yeah. that's scripted. So it was a little bit different. But I, I love Genie. There's gotcha. so much. Love. I could talk about Genie all day. So <laughs> fantastic pick. Nice. Uh, I'm going to stay in the animated realm, but I'm going to move over to TV shows, and I'm going to go with Morty from Rick and Morty. All right. Um, Okay. I felt like Morty is the same kind of sidekick as, like, Ethel, where it's like, you're dragging me into this crap, and I'm just going to make the best of it kind of thing. (laughs) Like... We're literally just in a different dimension, on, like, so I might as well I just say on a much larger scale because he goes through the ringer. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first episode where he has to put stuff in his butt. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that show is. I gotta wild. go back and watch one. But like, I, I love that you yeah. can see the toll that it takes on him throughout like the, the yeah. series yeah. as well because of like the fact that he is like being dragged through. Mm. Like, I also so like, often. Uh, much like Grayson, I assume in the comic books, he kind of gets tired of. His heroes like crap that he's putting him through. I know, I know, 
Dick well, I mean, kind of gets. Yeah, I mean, much like Bruce, Rick is like demented in his. I mean, like his brain is just so messed up from yeah. his childhood and things he's gone through and what's happened with his family and just all these yeah. different things that they slowly have been building on in Rick and Morty. And you know, Morty's there to mm-hmm. to be kind of a guy. I mean, he's the heart of the show in a weird way. Yeah. Morty is definitely the heart of the show. Yeah, he's definitely um, the grounding factor yeah, in I was, all of it. Yeah. I, I actually toyed around with the idea of putting Rick as a sidekick. Yeah. On like it, spoilers, it would have been my dishonorable. Um, I would have put Rick as my dishonorable mention for a sidekick. Looking at the viewpoint from the uh, from the Morty from, Morty from Morty's being, side, like whereas like, yep, yeah, yep. yeah so I like, toyed around with that idea. That's a funny thing because that's actually, that's actually why neither of them are on my list at all because I couldn't figure out which one I feel like is actually more of a sidekick than the other one because as it goes along, Rick kind of falls he falls away from being a mentor and he kind of is mentored by Morty in a way because he learns how to deal with his family and he yeah. learns what that there's like a cost to everything that he's mm-hmm. doing. And I think that's really, really important. But then there's also that moment, too, where Morty, he's standing at the window showing his sister his dead body. Right. You yeah. Know? And I think that's also another... Yeah. And how much... And, like, showing how much he's gone through and how much he's had to deal with and, like, yeah. his spreading his knowledge to his sister. I yeah. chose Morty strictly because of the age difference. Like, you, you feel like you'd have an older mentor and someone to look up to. And so that's kind of when I was making the choice. I was like, okay, well, Rick would be the person that's like, I'm older, I'm more experienced. Follow me, and I'll show you how everything works. Yeah, and that's how. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so, you know, I, I agree. And it is kind of interesting that the dynamic kind of shifts too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah it is. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it's Dan Harmon. He's the good show is great. Too. The fans are terrible. Yes, the show is great. Agreed. The fans are terrible. Agreed. And if we lose the Rick and Morty fans, as I don't listeners, care. I'm not upset about it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! I'm a Rick and Morty fan. Yeah, Come on, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to numero uno, number, number one. one. Um, I'm gonna go into actually the comic book and movie world. Cause he, I mean, he's a big role in the new MCU stuff as well. Uh, Bucky Barnes. Okay. You know, uh, Captain America's tried and true. You know, I say tried and true because in like the original 1930s, 40s comics he was like this kid. Straight up sidekick. He yeah. was a straight up side to an extent. He did actually still go through the whole same thing and becomes like the Winter Soldier as well. Eventually. Like yeah. eventually. But he wasn't a sidekick anymore when he becomes Winter Soldier. No. And he's before that he's kind of actually there's an interesting interaction. When Marvel and DC did a crossover comic, uh they did Captain America with uh with Bucky, forgot his name for a second. Uh, but and they did it with Batman and Robin, and it was kind of interesting to see because Bucky is just kind of a like World War II style Robin, is basically. Nice. Yeah, I was say because okay. I mean we've seen the same parallel in the Batman world with you know some of the Robins going on to be like Nightwing and then um, uh, the Red Hood and stuff like that, and 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 taking on their own like. You know, I, yeah, they're in personas, yeah, and, stuff. and yeah. so like we see the same thing with him too in some of like the newer stuff where he, you know, goes through the stuff, but he has his redeeming factors because he eventually goes on to become Captain America yeah. in some of the iterations. Like you know, he passes the torch on to Bucky because he is the one who is the most worthy of doing it because he knows he's, you know, even though he's been through the stuff, he is still, you know, the Bucky that he needs to be for this. So, and I think that's why I appreciate the fact that because he grows into this amazing role yeah. of that he was able to finally take on his mentors, you know, his mentor's role. Yeah, that's a that's a great sidekick to step into that role. Mm-hmm. You know. 
So which means they're going through his own stuff. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of this isn't on my list, but the uh, Will Smith from Men in Black. Which yeah, yeah. Be a good sidekick. Where a it's bit. like that same thing where. I'm training you to be a replacement. Except that wasn't like with the Captain America thing. I don't think he was necessarily training him right, specifically, right, but like right. it just ended up being that way where yeah. he grew so much that like Captain America yeah. was able to let him. But yeah, it's that same idea where, you know, like Will Smith is the sidekick until the second movie yeah. when he is the, which is and also then, an interesting deal too, where they when, switch roles and then Tommy yeah, Lee yeah. Jones becomes a sidekick. And then I like, uh, sticking with the MCU, I do, I do think Sebastian Stan did a really good job. Of, of bringing Bucky. I kind of wish I did see like the little bit younger Bucky as well, yeah. like in in the yeah. older school. But I yeah, I didn't like what they did with him in the original Captain America movie because he's like a bigger, like stockier guy for some reason, and he's and, and yeah. it doesn't like he's it ruins like the character. Yeah, yeah but it, it, it like yeah. later on, I think they definitely redeemed themselves with the way he played Winter Soldier and the whole dynamic. I like yeah. all that later. I like when he becomes Jax from Mortal Kombat and he has like the metal on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just that's only, my favorite part. You know, the only thing I don't get from the movie perspective is it's not that he falls into like icy water and then they fish him out later and then bring him back. He falls into a canyon with rocks and he like very obviously is going to hit like yeah. the rocks, but then he just miraculously is not He's torn frozen. apart. Yeah, and he just survives. It's one of those things where you got to look past it to get to the rest of it for yeah. for where he becomes Jax and I forgets about Mortal Kombat. I do yeah. kind of appreciate that they did stick somewhat to the comics. Yeah. Though with that same deal, because that same thing almost happened in the comics, right? Except I think it was, I don't know if, I don't remember if it was the Russians in the comic books or if it was like the Chinese mm-hmm. at the time, because that was one of the big, you know, big yeah. enemies that we were facing as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember. But, anyways, so yeah. Bucky Barnes, so I mean, you know, from sidekick to hero in his own right to Captain America, okay. you know, yeah. top sidekick. Nice. That's a good choice. That's uh, a good choice. For my number one, I've got the better version of Bucky Barnes. I've got Robin. Um, <laughs> I think there's oh, which, <laughs> which is obvious. Dick Grayson. Yeah, 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 and yeah. the reason for Dick Grayson—that's why he was so combative when you were asking him. Yeah, Dick Grayson is one of the first like superhero sidekicks. For one, he kind of ushered in this new era. He came around in 1940. Um, came around around the same time Joker did, uh, and he ushers in this new age of like these kind of like deranged heroes having sidekicks and like having a friend there and he he was originally known as like the laughing boy as well and he he was there as bruce is this darker like kind of psychologically tormented human being and even though dick grayson lost his parents too he is a more light-hearted tries to take everything you know like one step at a time Mm. kind of guy and i just i love how he progresses slowly over time like we talk about we talk about him becoming the mentor, he literally takes the shoes of his mentor and becomes Batman for a while, too. He took his shoes? I mean, he literally does. He literally (laughs) does take his shoes. He literally wears not only his boots, but his dress shoes and becomes Bruce Wayne for a while and imitates him at events and galas in front of people that have never met him. Hey, when you make a joke, but then it turns out to be true. I wanted to do that to you because you made the joke and I just it was a good opportunity. But I think he's really important, too, because... He's also good in the way that he's able to pull away from his mentor. He's able to be more than his mentor could ever be. He'll mm-hmm. always be better than Batman, in my opinion, in how in what he becomes. Because he can see both the dark side of the world and the lighthearted side of the world. And it, it's that perspective that Bruce doesn't have. But I, I just think he's a really, really great yeah. character. And he goes on to be more than just Robin. So 
I'm not surprised that Robin is your number one, oh, but I kind of thought you would drop him lower so you could put other things in front of him. I was but, going to, but Grayson specifically... I mean, it's, it's more than Robin for me. But, it's just Grayson because even... Like, I've been reading the newer comics and stuff, and even as Nightwing, you still see that he is still a sidekick to Batman because he's there for him when he needs to... When Bruce needs him to be. So it's not necessarily Robin's number one. It's Dick Grayson. It's Dick Grayson, That's essentially, right. when you get down to it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I dig it. I don't really have anything to say. I think Grayson's a cool character. Um, I like him in uh, in Titans so far. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's neat to see him kind of on his own and having and to lead his like own he's team. he's going to burn his old suit. Yeah. Which means I get Nightwing. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully. We'll see. Um, cool. So, my number one, I'm really excited about my number one, you guys. Um... <laughs> I'm really that excited. Was, that was adorable. <laughs> My number one is Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Nice. Okay. Um, and the reason that I put Jesse Pinkman is because he's... It's such a bizarre story. You've seen part of it, Yeah, right? I've seen most of it. Most of it. I think I got up to like halfway. Oh, to, I've seen the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I think I got to halfway of like season five. So... Okay, I was really close for some reason. It's such a... It's such a a weird show because there's all this going on. Like there's this guy cooking meth and you're like kind of cheering him on in a way to like, yeah, make money and sell drugs and stuff. (laughs) And then Jesse comes along and it's just this, this messed up kid. And then he's going to help him. And then you see Walt kind of like take advantage of him and you see all of the crap that he has to go through with like being held hostage and getting beat up multiple times and, and you know, almost dying like but yet for numerous reason, times. Yeah, but yet he keeps coming back. To yet he being keeps Walt's coming partner. back. Yeah. Partner or sidekick. Yeah. Though, I mean at the end of the day, I mean spoilers for anyone mm-hmm. who hasn't seen it. It's I mean, huge. Stop listening right now and go yeah. still watch yeah, it. It's you amazing. Really, really should, and they're making a movie now. Yes. So you I should, actually been wanting to go back and rewatch so it. So you I should like, rewatch that movie, that series. Halt this right now or skip. Just yeah. skip forward. But um, the the interesting thing is at the end he does kind of turn from Walt. He does completely. He does. I mean, like by the end, there's even though there's that saving grace moment mm-hmm. for Walt, not for Pinkman. Pinkman doesn't feel that yeah. same moment. I think as the audience does, and I think that's important too. I mean, I think so. I, I think Pinkman is kind of like you said, kind of like the audience perspective, because for a long time we were cheering for Walt until he started turning to that darker side. And then Jesse kind of notices that, yeah. and at like the same time the audience does, and then Jesse ends up turning his back on him around the same time that the audience is like, yeah. we've put up with your crap long enough, you know? Yeah. You're- I, I also think it's interesting, too, because if I remember right, Pinkman was supposed to die in the first season. I think he I was. Think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I thought I heard that. And then they somewhere. kept him because of yeah. how well he worked with Walt, what he yep. meant to Walt. And he ends up meaning more than Walt's own family. I mean, yeah. Walt's own son. Yeah. It, but it, it's just, not really A lot of people like Jesse more than Walt. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so, not one of those people. No, I'm not either. But I'm just saying, <laughs> he's such a, but he's such a powerful character that a lot of people tend to, yeah. to like him more. Great. That's yeah, saying a lot for a... A second string, I say second string, but sidekick type character. Who burned through two floors with acid because he doesn't listen. Oh, man. <laughs> was it, he's talking about the, the bathtub scene? The very yeah, first oh, yeah, right yeah. there. Where they're melting the body. Like the first introduction, basically, other than him falling off a roof without yeah. his pants. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> dude, just like, also, like, if I have to add to something, like watching the growth of Jesse Pinkman, since you bring up that first season yeah they're like you know seeing him from first from season one where he's just kind of this 
druggie who's just trying to make it and just mm-hmm. trying to survive essentially yeah. to becoming what he does and so you can see him grow and mature throughout the entire series and I, and I think I appreciate it again as a sidekick as well this is going to sound weird and this is, a, this is probably really incorrect but I feel like Jesse is kind of like your average person in a way not every average person shoots up heroin and stuff yeah. but, but he's like the kind of person, what would you do in that situation? And I think he's kind of like that I mean, person. He represents like, redemption and what you can become if you really put your mind to it. That's really what Yes, I think, yeah. yeah, that's also cool. kind of the direction I think I was going a little bit too. But yes, yeah. Jesse Pinkman, I uh, like that. Man. El, El Camino is coming out in like, what, a month or something like that on Netflix? Let's hope Netflix doesn't mess it up. Let's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Because this is a new production company basically taking I've over. actually heard Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. I've, I've heard, heard that, that from too. multiple people. Yeah, but I've never watched Better Call Saul. That's also I've seen the first couple on episodes. Netflix. So that's on that's off of AMC still. Is it really? They also produce that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they put it on so Netflix. They have. I mean, they put it on Netflix, but it's not. Netflix. A Netflix. Oh yeah. No, it's yeah, not a Netflix I'll, show. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this one's going to be yeah. actually Netflix yeah. produced, yep. of which they have a very fifty-fifty history. Yeah, I'm really so. hoping that having like you know. Uh, most of the stuff that I've watched on Netflix has been pretty good. I think I've been lucky, though. <laughs> you might have, yeah. They've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of stinkers. Okay, yeah. Kick it over to you for your honorable mention. My honorable mention. I'm actually kind of excited. This is the, my honorable mention is the one that made me really excited for this list um, because I was doing some research on some different ones, uh, and I put them on my dishonorable because I wanted to talk about them, but it was ones I, I wanted, like I appreciated a lot more. Uh, but it's... Uh, now bear with me on the name, Charles Doiby Dickles, who <laughs> Cam- yep there it is. Yeah. So Cameron Cameron knows who I'm talking about. So no Doiby Dickles was the he was a New York cab driver who went on to become the uh, sidekick to the first Green Lantern in the comics, okay. like the very first iteration of the. But one of the things that made me interested in in this is like kind of the story that he ended up having where he. Married a princess from another planet and was like living on that planet with her. And I guess he left for a while. And when he came back, the entire planet had adopted the New York, the New York, uh, like cabbie, like persona type of deal. So he came back to a whole bunch of, yeah, a whole bunch of New York style cab drivers. Um, so I just thought it was interesting because he's a, he's a much older gentleman. Um, I don't remember, I mean, I have to look up again, but like, he looks like my grandpa. <laughs> Dude, it's so, it's so <laughs> funny. He's an odd character. I haven't read any comics with him because he's not really so modern. He's no, an he's, older character. No, he's not. He's like 40, early 40s. Yeah, he almost looks like, he almost though. looks like, um, the penguin before he was the penguin. Yeah. 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 Very but, accurate. <laughs> he's, he's just kind of normal he's a skilled street fighter and driver yeah, and he dude, uses yeah, a pipe yeah. wrench <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's why that's why I put him on an honorable mention because I was like this is the one that really made me excited for uh so did Green Lantern not fly back then because it says that he drove Green Lantern to any location and or during car chases so it's like which Green Lantern was he was it for Alan or is it for okay Alan and That's I eventually why. went on to be Hal okay Hal Jordan later so, I think Alan is not an actual Green Lantern there's a fun thing okay he created the ring that he wears using the same energy oh, snap. that the Guardians used to create their rings so he's actually 
kind of smarter than all of the other lanterns, but he's not connected to any of them. Okay. He's still a lantern. He still uses the same energy, but it's not as strong as what the Guardians created, and it's not in the same core. So, yeah. Interesting huh. little interesting. tidbit. There. So he doesn't fly. Probably. Just, I mean, he does now. He does, but, yeah. Yeah. Did, but he didn't back in 1941. Yeah, Those kind of characters, though, they just remind me of, like, for instance, um, Alfred actually started as a similar character. He actually started as a bumbling detective that was looking into um, Batman's secret identity. Interesting. So, and then eventually down the line, he became a friend, a companion, and they changed his whole entire backstory and they made him a butler and they became more than just a butler. But, Interesting. Yeah. But that is, I saw the character pop up and he's just. Yeah. Yeah. His taxi cab's name is Goytrude. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so just like that's such a classic like New York. But yeah. <laughs> so I can I could see him like chasing bad guys and be like, get out of here. Like, yeah. Oh dude, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, he actually ruled that planet with the like the prince the princess that he like married with. Yeah, so that's interesting. But yeah, so uh, that one was definitely worth mentioning and this is the one when I texted you guys that I was super excited for this list. This is the one that I ran into where I was like, okay, I'm going to find some interesting ones and, and throw them on there. But uh, nice. Charles Doiby Dickens. Doiby. <laughs> really, really choice. interesting choice. Really bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always got to bring the fun lighthearted. I mean, I brought uh, um, Asbestos Lady. So I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of going about Asbestos Lady. <laughs> well, I had Hal, Doiby, Hal in the yeah. Blue Streak that's on fair. that same list. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep, that was the Marvel Villains episode, if you're interested in going to listen. That's a fun one to listen to. Can you top that, Cameron? Well, see, so I'm going to go back to, like, the (laughs) quintessential, like, back-in-the-day sidekick. And I'm going to go with Sancho Panza, who is Don Quixote's sidekick. Okay. And he's, like, like one of the first, like, big, important sidekicks that we've had in, like, literature or any other medium. Mm -hmm. Because he... Again, we talk about these maniacs, and no one is more maniacal than Don Quixote, who is having all these hallucinations. He stabs a windmill. I mean, it's <laughs> there's there's so much that happens in Don Quixote, um, and it's just Sancho is always there to keep him grounded. He's he's there for a mix of sarcastic humor and for like wise Spanish proverbs. So he's got this interesting characterization, and on top of that, he encourages Don Quixote's madness. And just lets him enjoy his life, basically. And he's always there as a squire to help him out. So I just really, really love the character. I love the idea that he's kind of ushered in. Like, I talked about Robin's ushered it in for superheroes, but Sancho ushered it in for everyone else. I mean, really. For, like, modern sidekicks. I have to say, it almost sounds like um, like a similar relationship as uh, Sherlock and Watson, Watson that we talked yeah. about earlier, where he let him live life and kind of do his crazy thing but kind of kept him grounded and like reeled him back when when he needed it and like helped him to get through this stuff and help point him in the right direction yeah i don't know anything about don quixote or or i I know a lot of people actually don't it's it's kind of unfortunate i had to read it when i was younger and i'm really happy i did it's a really really good book it's really interesting but sancho again we talk about like being the heart of something you, you fall in love with Don Quixote and his madness, but to keep you grounded and remind you what's actually going Sancho. on, Sancho's there for you. So I just think he's... I, I just think it's a really, really interesting relationship that they have. Yeah. Uh, I like I that. I feel a little bad for my honorable because it's like the complete opposite end of the spectrums <laughs> when you're talking about uh, wiener and fart jokes. Uh, it's going to be Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> 
which actually I couldn't decide who would be the sidekick in this list. So uh, would it be Jay or would it be Silent Bob? I feel like I feel that's like, up to interpretation. Like same thing as like the Rick and Morty. Yeah. Well, because I feel I, like Silent Bob, like not talking, is just kind of the one that follows around until yeah. he gets I fed feel up like with Silent Cup. Bob is the sidekick, mm-hmm. but. At the same time, in a weird way, <laughs> they're like I think, each other's sidekicks. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah. he's played. I mean, we all know Silent Bob was played by Kevin Smith, played by the director of the film, and Jay kind of acts as like this fourth wall breaker for the director, who is also Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. So in a way, he's the sidekick to Warren. So like the director. And, like, <laughs> we're going into a little bit of a meta. It's that like I don't a think meta. We're thing, supposed but, to be going into Jay, right but now. But Jay breaks the fourth wall, and in yeah. that way, he's like a sidekick to like the whole humor of the story because he's there to say like these ridiculously long monologues yeah. that kind of break you out of everything that's happening. Yeah. I just like the fact that he like it, it is Ke- <laughs> well, it is Kevin Smith, and you see him rip on Kevin Smith. So like you literally see this character rip on the director of the film. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's hilarious. I haven't watched that one. I haven't seen James Hedenbaum. I mean, there's so those movies are really vulgar, and I try to keep the vulgarity down in this podcast. So a lot of the quotes I can't really yeah. repeat. Um, yeah, that's fair. But you know, he calls him like a fat b-word and stuff, and it's just like <laughs> that's the director of the film, and they're like really good friends, like really, really. They good are. I think they're of, still friends too. Cause yeah, yeah. No, I watched the, I watched an episode of Tanked one day, and they did one for Kevin. They did a tank for Kevin <laughs> Smith, and. He was there, like um, yeah. the guy that played uh, uh, Muse. Jason Muse. Jason yeah, Muse. Jason Muse was there to help help them. Like, so the funny thing, so I went and saw Kevin Smith in uh, I say in concert, but like live at the comedy club. Yeah, and he talks about Jay uh, or Jason or whatever, and he talks about how his like uh, his drug abuse was like really affecting their friendship and really affecting their. Uh, like their work partnership because he like Jane Silent Bob are in every view askew, you know, Kevin Smith's company's movies. And he said that they used to hire a guy to make sure that Jason Muse didn't do drugs on set. And Jason Muse would pay the guy to do drugs with him. <laughs> and so they had to get like a different guy. But it was like it was it got to the point where he had to kind of like bridge their like, you know, separate their friendship. And at some point they you know, he he laid out the drugs and they, he's He's clean now, but they have this really strong friendship. Jason Mewes actually just put out his first like directorial debut, and Kevin Smith like helped him with it, and they just did the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So they're like a really strong team, and I think it's a I think it's a really interesting thing. And I, I apologize if, if you guys out there listening don't think that Jay is the sidekick, but that is my choice, and you can argue it on our Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And, <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. After you tell us which Robin is the... Uh... Yeah. And if you want to look up the comic book man episode where Kevin Smith talks about how he met Jason Mewes. I'm not going to repeat it here. Uh, so <laughs> Is it vulgar? Go look that up. It's a little vulgar. Okay. It's, too, it's kind of figuring well, it. It's too vulgar for this show. Okay. So that's why I'm not going to repeat it. Sweet. But, yeah. Cool. Nice. Nice. Uh, I like those dishonorables. Or those honorable mentions. I don't, I don't want to reach... I was going to make a crappy transition, but... Jim, what's your dishonorable, dishonorable mention? Time? Yeah, I know, but I'm sparing that you guys. Made a this dishonorable <laughs> mention. Yeah, I was gonna say doing drugs is dishonorable, yeah. so let's yeah. see. see? You dragged it out of me. <laughs> dishonorable <laughs> mention. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what? <laughs> Robin's a sidekick. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Lion King yeah. is a movie. <laughs> 
Um, cool. No, I, 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 anyways, all seriousness, um, my dishonorable mention is going to be uh, Chester and AJ from uh, Fairly Odd Parents. I you really don't like. Me. Wait, was, your, was somebody else too dishonorable? Was the dad? <laughs> too dishonorable. Yeah. Okay, it was, yeah. <laughs> so Man. I think this is what obviously like uh, pro- probably why the show is the way it is. But like you know, these two were supposed to be his best friends. So yeah, and, I was gonna say, remind me which one Chester and AJ were. It was either Brace's guy. Uh, AJ Chester, Chester was. was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let me just look it up while you're talking. <laughs> so Chester and AJ were supposed to be Timmy Turner's like best friends. And they pretty much ditched him and left him any chance that they had to go do their own thing or never, like, you know, included him when he had to go do his own stuff. Anyway, so they were just, like, god-awful friends, but they were supposed to be his best friends in the movie. And supposed to be, like, I guess, like, in, without the Fairly Odd Parents and stuff like that, it's supposed to be, like, as, like, sidekicks, like, as a, you know, from a main character standpoint. These kids were annoying. Yeah. I mean, that's the other reason why they're all my dishonorable. Yeah, but, I, I just feel like annoying in the fact that like they just kind of sent Timmy Turner up, you know, Shit Creek with no paddle. Yeah, just like, ah, quite often. Yeah, we're your friend, but not right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, okay. when to, it's convenient to them. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, though, without bad friends, he wouldn't wouldn't have. have been able to use the Fairly Odd Parents. He might have had them, yeah, but he would have never had an opportunity if he always had good friends around. Yeah. So that's also that's a, that's and that's why I was like thinking it. about it too. I was like, you know, that that's why the show is the way it is because of like that relationship that he has with yeah. everybody around. I mean, him, everybody is like, deplorable in that show. Even yeah. Timmy is not a great no, human being. I'm sure he's gonna pop up on a dishonorable mention of mine one of these days. <laughs> I grew up watching that show. I liked that show growing up. Um, I thought it was funny at the time. I think they, like, I don't know, maybe it was just me getting older, or maybe it was like the, just like the direction that the show was going into, but I stopped finding it enjoyable at a certain point. Um, and so, which is why this one keeps coming up on my dishonorable mentions. But I just, I, I was struggling to find like a good dishonorable mention for me to put on here. And so when, uh, when these guys, when I came across these guys, I just like yeah, I my, these will be perfect for me. Mm. So I actually was too. My dishonorable was the last thing, like the very, very last thing that I yes. did, like yesterday or something like that. I was like, all right. I, it's just yeah. There weren't any sidekicks that I found were like wholly dishonorable, and yeah. I'm hoping that Cameron can prove me wrong. Oh, he will be. Oh, I can. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched the show though. I mean, I know I grew up with people that did, and I like, I grew up in the culture. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Is a, you know, it's a big show for a lot of pe- friend, mm. people that I was friends with. If you don't know what it is, it's a bunch of people with spiky hair throwing <laughs> very bright things at each other and exploding. Yeah. It's like there's, uh, a, there's like a ball that destroys the world or something like that. Yeah, a couple times. Like that. I mean, which one? That's and there's, <laughs> and there's balls and there's dragons. And, and, there's, and there's a thing called yeah. Super Saiyan that as each villain shows up and is harder than the last one, you get another <laughs> Super Saiyan. Yeah. Until they had to like start naming it things that weren't. Super Saiyan God. They were like Super Saiyan 1, 2, 3. Let's go some other route, and then yeah. they just kept going, and now they've got like rose sand. It's um, I love the original show; it's a huge part of my childhood. So going into this, going outside of what yeah, Dragon who's Ball, your actual dishonorable Z actually yeah. is, is a show. show. Yeah. So, so Goku is the main character, and he has this friend and sidekick called Krillin, and Krillin is this bald little dude, and Krillin, just for reference, has died eight <laughs> times. He yeah. has died eight uh, times. You know 
I I don't even watch the show, but I know who Krillin I is. Like, so, for the record, I like Krillin, but I agree with you that as a sidekick standpoint. Krillin is the worst sidekick in the history of sidekicks. He's worthless completely and wholeheartedly. And I still remember the first time watching him die as a child when he's killed by one of his own power. Like He has like these razor discs. He throws it at a bad guy who then catches it and just throws it right back at him. And kills him. Yeah. And then they he's been brought back by the Dragon Balls. The Dragon Balls in the show are something that you gather. It takes forever. You gather them together. It's the namesake of the show. And you get one wish, guys. You get one wish. And they've had to bring back this bald little dude With so many times. Yeah. <laughs> they get one chance to wish this. And then they all disappear and scatter again. You gotta go find them. And they use it to bring back this little dude who doesn't do anything he's they don't they don't even bring back they don't even bring back goku with the wishes he always has to fight to get back into the living right yeah Yeah, he fights his way back but no krillin no krillin just gets wished back yeah and then at some point he also marries an android yeah android it it just krillin is the worst i don't like it so this says that's a whole other thing yeah i know this is interesting because this says that krillin was the strongest human in dragon ball but not in Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Strongest human. So originally he was the strongest human. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like he's like a, a strongest human and then he goes to Dragon Ball Z and he dies a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I also It's still like just... going into that the harder area in a video game and every, <laughs> yeah. every enemy the is like class. Just way yeah, more yeah. powerful. It's like if you're like playing an online game with your friends and they've been playing for years yeah. and you run in with your level one armor, like yeah. no armor yeah. at all, and you just get cut in half by your own sword. And That's that what it, thing, yeah. It's like what's yeah. going to happen in Borderlands 3 because I'm waiting until it comes out. Yeah. From the epic story, yeah. and all my friends are gonna be like level fifty, and I'm gonna be level one, just running around dying all the time. Nah, you'll have me on PC. Like, Damn it, I just got Krillin. <laughs> but but the, 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 just to wrap up, Krillin, everything that we've talked about that makes a good sidekick, he has none of the qualities. <laughs> he's, he's not he's funny. funny. He's not funny. I I, I enjoy he, Krillin. So he's there. He's there to like, make Goku sad. To make him go Super Saiyan. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll say this about Krillin. He might have funny parts, but everyone around him to me is funnier than he is. So he doesn't even have that as like a top quality. He's just a guy with no hair who eventually gets it and marries an android. Yeah, which and does he just shave his head for like I no years. Like, he goes super. That's his Super Saiyan powers. <laughs> he grows hair. Uh, I just he's he's the worst. He's the worst. All right. That's, I don't think I could follow that, <clears throat> but I think that you will appreciate my Dishonorable, because it goes against my Nickelodeon Cartoon Network list that we did, and it's going to be Patrick from Spongebob. I was wondering if he was going to show up. Yeah. 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 What? I almost put him on my list. Uh, on your list? Or <laughs> I on, don't know. On your list? I don't or know. Or on your Dishonorable? I don't know. He he was Kay. potential candidate for both. Okay. <laughs> Um, I put Patrick on my dishonorable because he's just a stupid idiot. That's, he, he has like almost zero redeeming qualities. He's honestly, just so, there's not. He's funny. He's funny. He has his moments. but he just makes things worse. Yeah. Like all the time. Like there's nothing. But he's it's just with stupid humor through thick and thin. As like it, his, I mean, for the most part. I see. I think a lot of times though, when you like look at the episodes of SpongeBob. 
a lot of times the turmoil comes from their relationship and that's like fair. one that's does fair. something that like pisses off the other and then they're just not friends until the both, end of the episode it's they're both children <laughs> or one of them does yeah. one thing and then the other one steps in and like the city gets destroyed or something Some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like somehow they just cause all this chaos no I, I agree uh, I, he probably would have ended up on my dishonorable but I I like him like I said he's funny he's entertaining to watch but that's about it but he gets really old really fast. Yeah, I mean, because every like episode... It's like the same stupid same humor over and over again. Yeah. And it's just... It's like obnoxiously stupid humor where it's just like, that is so dumb, even somebody stupid wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's just like, you... Yeah. I mean, I he know. is a starfish. Like, how do you... Shorts. How do you <laughs> walk <laughs> away building a lemonade stand and come back with a board and a nail in your head? Like, I've always just... Yeah. I've always just wondered what... <laughs> He looks like in real life because he walks on two legs right like a humanoid but he can still stick to things with his back so does that mean he has like a million tiny little legs on his back <laughs> yeah it's too? like it's that would like be terrifying it's like the uh uh spider-man um the toby Maguire spider-man where he like zoomed in on his like fingers oh yeah he's got all like those hairs little things. <laughs> but yeah patrick patrick's a good choice i also don't like starfish like real starfish they creep what? me out they creep oh, me out like I, have you ever watched a video of one walking it's weird yeah, it's, it's unnatural like, it's it's it's, it's cool. yeah, they just use their little tentacles. Yeah, if like, you watch it sped up, it's really really creepy and weird. I don't like it. It's but that is the reason for me to not like Patrick more. <laughs> <laughs> Other than like starfish just creep you out. He's like, I like your dishonorable because I hate starfish. <laughs> I hate the real thing. <laughs> my goal is to wipe out starfish from the planet. No, that's not my goal. Just I just kidding. don't want to be near them. <laughs> It's true. You do have a fear of open water, so I feel like only starfish are in open water. I'd rather so be in you're... open water than be around a starfish. Like, <laughs> dang, dude, that's a weird thing because there's like sharks. A, and everybody like, has a weird thing, okay? Jellyfish. Now there's the like world way knows. more scary things yeah. in open water than starfish are your. I'm editing I mean... this episode. I'll just cut that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you really can't mess with the editor. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. Yeah. We always appreciate you sticking with us through this. Uh, you can find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. and soon to be Patreon whenever we decide to get off our lazy butts and actually make one. Uh, but we will let you know. We'll post on social media when we when we get that up and running. We're hoping yeah. to do that soon because we want to upgrade our equipment a little bit um, yeah, right? and start providing like better quality podcasts which right now we're doing a lot of yeah. editing to get you know some of the levels right and yeah. stuff right now we're huddled around one mic we would yeah. like to get three Away mics some stands a mixer guys. all the yeah. yeah yeah so we can do we can actually have good you know we have good sound now but we want to have better sound right and hopefully you know we have goals hopefully with your guys' help we can get there at some point but yeah, yeah give us your money <laughs> This is a robbery. That's not what I was getting. <laughs> we already Any, did our heist episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, this is the wrong episode to make that joke. Uh, anyway, uh, as always, I am Josh, and you can find me on Twitter at JawsXBird. I'm Cameron. You can find me on Twitter at the Cameron guy, oh, by the way, snap. since I've been saying that Cameron guy, because that's guy. my Instagram, so it's slightly changed. But that Cameron guy is some guy with no shirt and long hair. Yeah, that is I, not like, me. I wonder how many likes that guy's, or like how many followers that guy's got on, on Twitter because of this. We love your podcast, man. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
But if he's listening, you should like and subscribe yeah. as well to our podcast. Yeah. 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 And I'm uh, Jim. You can find me on Twitter at Hold Majimbles. This has been List This, where we list and you listen. We'll see you next time. Thanks, see you later, guys.